Welcome back to Comic Book Storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, a.k.a. Bry the Comic Book Guy. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. You'll get a notification every Wednesday at 1 p.m. when a new episode airs. Last week, we had a special guest in the studio, Big J. This week, we have him back again. Last week, we were talking about characters really not seen in the storylines and features and events and stuff like that. And this week, we are going to be talking about our favorite storylines and crossovers. And unfortunately, we did this last week, but due to a comedy of errors with technology, it failed, and we could not do that. So we're in the studio redoing that episode. So this week, I thought we'd start off with talking about our favorite episode, our favorite storylines. Now, I started with one that you have right in front of you, and I brought it, and you've never seen it before like that. You've probably seen graphic novels, but I brought him and showing him Civil War. All 99. All 99 issues. When they went out, they went out with this. Now, that's one of my favorites, and that's why I started out with it, because just the scope of it, I felt, needed to be done. And it took four episodes of my podcast to get it. And I only briefly summarized a lot of them, because not a lot went on in every issue. But if I summarized the way I do like the smaller ones, it would have taken like six or seven. I mean, just look at what you have in front of you. It's, it's, a, it's a chunk. It's a chunk. So that's one of my favorite ones. And I guess one of my other favorite ones was Age of Apocalypse. The first big X-Men thing. Now, there was a couple of mini X-Men events before that. Inferno, Fall of the Mutants, uh, Mutant Massacre, things like that. But um, that one right there, Age of Apocalypse, because it changed everything. And it started out with them killing off Professor Xavier. It's like, what? What are you doing? And then they ended all of the regular titles, and for four months you got a warped reality, and then it finally went back. So that's definitely one of mine. And a mutual friend of ours, Sam, that's one of his favorites too. And that, I guess those are my two. And I have a few other ones that I haven't even gotten to yet that I can't wait to talk about. Uh, so, I mean, I know you don't have a lot of the big ones, but like you grew up same as me with reading about this stuff and seeing some of it. So what would you think some of yours would be that you that you liked and enjoyed? Uh, story X, I don't know. I just borrowed a lot of a friend's stuff. You know, there was some Spider-Man stuff, some Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a lot of the X-Men when Jim Lee uh, started doing it, saw the covers, the four covers that went together. Bought a bunch of those. I remember buying um, a what was it the three-dimensional hologram of all four covers put together in a big rectangular yeah uh bit and i bought it from our local shop and i think that thing is awesome yeah there's a lot of cool things um what now we talked previous episode about your favorite guy who's not in a lot of the storylines punisher so i guess it makes it it's harder and easier for you to pick a favorite because your homeboy's not even in them. And as you can see with Civil War, and you've known this because you have the issues as well, he's only in like three or four issues of it. Yeah, yeah. So why would you go as a Punisher fan and get 95 issues just so you can see him in only three of them? I wouldn't. The wife would kill me. <laughs> the wife would be like, uh, you buy that many things right off the bat, you're going to wake up dead. Right. So for for you, uh, getting stuff that had the Punisher in it kind of ties along with our last episode where, like, you wouldn't because he's not in it. So why would I get a storyline like that? 
And that, that's been his thing over the years. He hasn't been in much like we talked about last week. And there's some other characters, like if you're a Ghost Rider fan, what is he in? If you're an Electra fan, what is she in? We talked about it last week. So that kind of goes along with, yeah, I have some favorite storylines, but my favorite characters aren't even in them. Yeah. That happens a lot with the Punisher. Right. And in, you said um, last uh, the episode that never aired because it got damaged. The file got corrupted. You were talking about reading the original Infinity Gauntlet as well, with uh, Thanos having the gauntlet on his hand and everything. And we oh, covered man. that a couple weeks ago in an episode. And I led up with <clears throat> the return of Thanos. And what they did with the MCU, with the movies, is that they led up to Infinity War in the movies. And this is what that comic run did. It was a Silver Surfer run. It was like issue 34 to 50. And they did it gradually and reintroduced all the major players that were going to end up being Infinity Gauntlet. Adam Warlock, Pip, and Gamora. Thanos returned because he was dead from the 70s. And they brought him back. And then they led up to him getting all the Infinity Gems. So it was kind of like mirroring the movies in a way. And just, I never had those issues. And I, that was like one of my big things to get in the last couple of years was to get that. And finally getting all that and reading it as I did uh, in the previous episodes. It, it took like two or three episodes just to get up to Infinity Gauntlet. So, I mean, the, these things, they don't always take one episode. There's some of the Batman ones. And you recently had a bunch of my Batman graphic novels with the storylines in it. Some of them you can do in like one or two episodes some of which take a lot more um and that's just batman alone so if you're a batman fan you you can have like years to do things you you could yeah not enough money to catch up on it (laughs) right and and the same thing with some of the other characters over the years i mean iron man is in a lot of things the avengers are literally in everything uh the x-men the x-men have their own things too and I've covered a lot of them, and actually, one of the ones that I hope to get to next year is Onslaught. It started out as an X-Men, but then it went line-wide. So it began as an X-Men thing, and then it's just like, poof, we're going to go out there and cover everything, because they all kind of blended together. And I like the ones that do that, when it's not just... When, you, when you're reading something that's just like the same old characters, you're just like, eh. But then when it has all of them in it, or almost all of them, like Civil War... Literally every title except for Thor and Hulk are in that because Thor and Hulk, like in the movies, they weren't in Civil War. And so why weren't they in there? Because Thor was back on Asgard at the time and he had been like out of the picture for a little bit. And Hulk was on Planet Hulk, which would have been another storyline that we'll get down the road. And in the movies, he was on Sakaar. And in the books, he was on Sakaar because they, they changed it in the movie in the comic, and I'll maybe get to it eventually. I, I'll have to, to find those issues first. They all the heroes got together and said Hulk is a menace. So they got all the scientists and all the smart guys together, like Iron Man, Reed Richards, Doctor Strange. They I knocked something about that. Yeah. They knocked Hulk unconscious, put him in a rocket, and said that way. Just sent him out into space, and he crash landed after he woke up and got mad and messed with the computer, and he landed on the planet Sakar which they kind of blended a few storylines together. They blended in the movies the Contest of Champions, which was another little event miniseries in the early 80s on its own, and Planet Hulk. So they did a combination of things in the movies there. So they took two and put them together, and it worked. Now, aren't they planning on doing something with Planet Hulk? 
I think they might be. I would love for them to do something with Planet Hulk because at the end of She-Hulk, I'm not going to really spoil it. They could have they brought something in that could suggest that they could have done something with it because there's like a a missing gap of what was going on with the Hulk because he was gone for two years in the MCU movies. He was gone at the end of Age of Ultron and didn't come back until Thor Ragnarok. And there was a bunch of movies in between those two. There was a whole phase of movies that they didn't know where he was. So, I mean, and it's like that in the comics, too. Like, they'll, they'll have a character disappear for a while, and then he'll come back, like Bucky Barnes. They swore that character was never coming back, and he came back as the Winter Soldier. It's the Jean Grey thing. <laughs> you know, they, Jean Grey was never supposed to come back. And then in 1985, they brought back the original X-Men to be an X-Factor, and they brought back Jean Grey, Fantastic Four, and Avengers, found her at the bottom of the Hudson, right when she died in X-Men 101. So, yeah, it's just things like that. So the, those have been some of my favorite ones, and, and I guess uh, some of my favorite movie ones they've, they've done, and some of, like, even the Batman stuff, because I'm a big Batman fan as well. Um, and you just gave me back one of those, Long Halloween now, if you've read Long Halloween, then you would love the Nolan movies because they took elements from Long Halloween, like the Harvey Dent, Commissioner Gordon, Batman little triangle of trying to get rid of everything, and they brought that into The Dark Knight. See, I remember, too, like my cousin Mike, he used to collect Batman. Batman. He had a bunch of stuff, too, and I remember reading a few issues of it and I thought it was pretty dang cool. I remember, I don't remember what issue it was, but it was, yeah, he was, he was hopped up on a little something, got ticked and uh, picked up a refrigerator. And I remember him, he threw it out the window and squished uh, a baddie. Right. But Batman <laughs> like, doesn't kill. The? Right. Batman doesn't kill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you've played any of the Arkham video games, then you know, that's a lie. <laughs> but yeah, there's even some Batman storylines that kind of go out there and, um, the ones you remember our last trip to the big comic shop that we went to and I came home like we talked about last week, how you came home with a big ass box of Punisher books, 124 issues. Now, last time we did that, I came home with a big ass box. If you remember, and I went the graphic novel route and I came home with 20 graphic novels and I got, you remember when Batman's back was broken? Yeah. Okay. That's five graphic novels. How many issues did that cover? A lot. I don't know the exact number, and I'm hoping maybe next year I'll get to that. Maybe that will be my lead up into the end of next year. But Nightfall alone was 18 parts. DC knew how to do this because it was the death of Superman, and then they went to Batman's back being broken and then him being replaced. They had you hooked. They had me hooked. I never got all those issues when they were out because remember when they came out, they were really popular, so they were expensive. You know, you look back on that, like when the death of Superman, Superman 75, that was an expensive issue right after it first came out, but now you can find it in dollar bins. Oh, I remember the hype over that. And you remember the hype eh. over Batman's back being broken too. Yeah. You know, they a lot of these events, especially the DC ones, they're really, they really hype them up. And nowadays, I think they're trying to hype up the, the Marvel ones. You know, you see, you know, six months ahead of time, you'll see some of these storylines hyped up. Uh, Dark Web, that was last year, was an X-Men and Spider-Man one. And even uh, Dark Crisis, DC went all out on trying to do that. And even Flashpoint 
as well. Flashpoint was a huge thing that they ramped up because it was right during like the New 52 Rebirth thing. It was like, it's kind of like how they went from New 52 to Rebirth. Like right. Flash fixed everything. And actually, I figured out what I'm going to do for next week to start out year two. And I'll get to that towards the end of the episode because uh, you haven't seen it. And I think you like some of the characters that I'm going to talk about too because they're not traditional DC characters. And there was a movie about them because it was a miniseries and they turned it into a movie. If you haven't figured it out yet, which one that is yet. That I'm not sure. Uh, Watchmen. I'll just, I'll get oh, to yeah, yeah, I'll get to We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. And it'll, it'll explain itself I think later. The only, I remember the, the only DC that I collected for a while because I remember getting some issues in something was a uh, Hawk and Dove. Hawk and Dove. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They were them. they were actually part of the Crisis on Infinite Earths and when Crisis now Crisis is a good one to talk about as far as one of my it, that was be my favorite DC one if I had a DC one to pick it'd be Crisis because I that's how I was introduced to the DC realm because it was 1984 1985 okay I was five and six years old you were a little bit older a few years older shh 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 rumors shh. Okay, but I was that at that was the age when I started getting DC stuff, and that was the first DC thing, and that was their first reboot. Like, that because DC at the time had all they had so many storylines going on because they had the, their multiverse. So, DC had a past version of the character, a present version of the character, and a future version of some of the characters. Like, there was three Superman, three Wonder Woman. Uh, a couple of different Batman and Flash from the different time frames because they said the Golden Age and Modern Age and Silver Age ones were all different ones. And that's not at all confusing. No, it wasn't confusing. But then the editor-in-chief of DC, Marv Wolfman, and the late, great George Perez, amazing artist, they got together and they said, we need to simplify the DC universe. And Crisis is probably, I'm going to just go out on a limb. This is my personal opinion. DC, the DC and and the guys that did that, I would say Crisis on Infinite Earths is probably one of the most important storylines DC ever did because it, it was bold because they're like we there's too many things going on we need to reboot it they they need we need to start fresh and they did that and they killed off a lot of characters and I covered Crisis and it took a couple episodes. And just the sheer amount of characters that they killed off because they had to justify to get where they had to go. So, like, on Hawk and Dove, the the Silver Age or Bronze Age Hawk and Dove were casualties of that era. And a lot of things started over. There was a new Wonder Woman run after that because of that. Uh, Batman just kind of picked up on it because he was one of the guys that remembered it. Now, they, they kind of got around it because they made sure not a lot of the heroes remembered it, but the ones that were there at the end remembered it. So that's how they kind of hard rebooted everything. So that, that I think that was one of the most important parts. You've done, they've done Rebirth, they've done New 52, but I don't think anything was more impactful on DC and its characters than Crisis on Infinite Earths. So on that note, we're going to take a brief pause. Uh, we're going to have a little, one commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and then we'll continue our discussion on the DC and Marvel events and some of our favorite ones. And we're back, back here with Big J, and we're talking about some of the impactful ones. Now, 
We've talked about favorite ones, and we started talking about impactful <clears throat> ones. Are any of them that you can think of that were impactful, Marvel or DC? See, I didn't. I didn't collect enough out, about, and around, except for the Punisher so that, that's, stuff. That's, so that's, I'm not sure. That's why, folks, if you're listening, kind of get a little scope and range <laughs> on your characters, as Jay's figuring out right now. He's probably thinking, and he's going to go back now, and he's probably going to listen to some of my past episodes and go, man... I really probably should have broadened my horizons. <laughs> now, my horizons were X-Men and Batman. So right there, I was good. It, he was in almost all the DC ones. He had his own ones. And X-Men, they were in everything in the 80s and 90s. Right. They were in all, they were, uh, who was left in Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, they were in Infinity War, Infinity Crusade. They had several of their own ones. Mutant Massacre, which I've done. I haven't done Inferno yet. That's a big one. I haven't done that. That was Mr. Sinister and the Jean Grey clone and all that stuff. That was That's something I haven't gotten to. Onslaught, things like that. Uh, and like especially uh, when Jim Lee took over, I really would have loved to have Jim Lee to have been there for a long time and done a big event like he did with some of the other characters. His stuff was awesome. His stuff was awesome. So, I mean, I, I would have loved a Jim Lee X-Men storyline that crossed over and a bunch of other artists got together. But there was a lot of artists that did some really good stuff. The Cuberts in the 80s and 90s, that stuff was golden. Like the Onslaught, Onslaught was great, I thought. That was like some of the best stuff. And Marvel pulled out all the stops and got all the great guys to do um, Age of Apocalypse. That stuff was amazing. If, you, if you've seen any of my previous episodes, even just the covers, because on my Instagram and Facebook, I post pictures of the covers so people can see what I'm talking about. So just the covers alone make you go, oh, my goodness. And that's what kind of the hope is people that don't know these things. Like I have a cousin. I'm name dropping my cousin, JD. <laughs> he got in the comics really late. And I was like, man, if you were in the comics when I was 16 and you were 10, our childhood would have been way cooler. And he's just like, man, I listen to your podcast episodes and go, oh, I really wish I had that stuff. <laughs> you know, and he sees my, my collection and go, man, I wish I could have had that stuff. But the, some of those 90s storylines, especially, I think were great. And I had stopped collecting, as I had said previously. And I was out of the game when Civil War came out. Now, we had all heard about it. You were out of the game, too, except, I mean, you had some Punisher stuff. But you were out of the game, too. And then we hear there was a massive war between all the heroes. You're like, what? That, that kind of sounds dumb. Fighting over the last slice of pizza. Right. They're fighting over the last slice of pizza. Last slice of pizza. And then... I started seeing things about it, and then when I got back into comic collecting, that was one of the first things I started seeing things of and picking them up, and I'm like, man, wow, this is great. And then it took a year and a half to get all those, but I finally got them, and it was just absolutely amazing. Like, the movie, they could not do it justice. They did what they could, and it was a great movie, but Six on Six was okay. It was great. And they couldn't use all the characters because they didn't have the movie rights. Now, that's been unfortunate with the movies. They've only been able to cover so many of these events and crossovers because they couldn't use all the characters. They couldn't use one of your favorite Marvel characters, Silver Surfer. Now they can. They haven't been able to use the X-Men. They couldn't use a lot of different things. They couldn't use Spider-Man until they got his rights back and he was introduced in Civil War and so on. So, I mean, it, it was, they, they did what they could with Civil War in the movie, but people, when people see that box, 
that Jay has in front of him of Civil War. Like his eyes went, holy crap, that's everything. It's a chunk chunk, and it takes its own box up. So like these events, I mean, some of them are really big. Onslaught was 45 issues. Uh, Civil War is 99. And then one I might get to this year is Avengers versus X-Men. That was 78 issues. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dark Crisis I'm going to get to next year or this year coming up. Uh, That was like 45. So, I mean, they, 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 they gets to be a, a price thing too. And comics were what? Like buck a, 25 a buck 25 when we were getting them. So, you know, we could go to the comic shop and drop a 20 and get a stack. Oh, yeah, you know, was great. now they're like three ninety nine, four ninety nine, four ninety nine. So yeah. like when, when you, when you see a checklist for things like dark crisis and you see that there's like 40 issues, yeah, I only need 30. I only need thirty, and uh, you look at your wallet, and right? And then, kill then, it. then you end up getting forty-five. <laughs> That's the other thing too that they like to sneak in on you because Dark Crisis came out with a checklist like four months before it started, and then it came out again. The the they put the checklist in the back of every issue, but then they threw in things in between. They're like, oh no no this this is part of it too. And then you go to the comic shop, and I went to our local comic shop. And I'd be, I'd get that, get that, because I knew it was on the list. And then I'd get to this and go, well, that's on the list too. That's not on the list, but that's, it says it's Dark Crisis. So then that's like the comic bug. You can't get it. And what you do is you don't read them until you have them all. Yep. That's why you haven't read a lot of the Punisher stuff, because you're waiting to finish the run. That's the thing. is like the, a lot of the newer stuff. I got holes here and there, but not many anymore. But it's like, yeah, I've read all the stuff uh, up till 15, 20 ago. Right. It's I have everything before that, multiple copies of a lot of stuff. But it's just, yeah, I, I'm, the OCD kicks in. I don't want to like get to that point and be like, oh, I'm missing part of the story. Now, the thing is, if you if you start at the beginning, when it starts coming out, you're good. But like, if you get into the game late, like at Civil War, you can't get just the main issues and be done. You have to go back for it to all make sense. And you don't want to read it all because when you find out there's 25 issues between issues 4 and 5 and 5 and 6, you're like... Well, if I read four, five, and six, I'm not going to understand half the stuff that's going on. So that's part of the bug too. Yep. It's like you, you. It kind of makes sense to do it the way you do it. So, like, if you're out there listening and you're going, "Yeah, I do that," or you can just get the graphic novels and have them all. See, I, I don't mind the graphic novels, but I won't read them. Why not? Because I want to get all the books before I read the whole story. Right, but if you have the graphic novel, it has them all in it. That's cheating for me. Though. <laughs> Can't so do you that. Think, you think that's cheating. Can't do that. But hear, hear me out on this. Hear me out. And you have to ride home with me, so you have to hear me out. But I know where you live. You know, Yeah, but I have to drop you off. Oh, talk and roll. So, <laughs> so if you try and get every single issue, and it takes like six months or a year, and then you think back, as I could have just gotten the graphic novel right then and there. It was in front of me, but I didn't. And I could have had the whole thing done and read the whole thing. You would not do that. Nope. Why not? Because it's cheating. <laughs> How is it cheating? They're I, all right there. I can't do it. I, I want the issues. I'd rather have the issues. I, I had that kind of mentality for a few minutes, but then our mutual friend Randy pointed out 
on that last adventure because I was trying to get all the single issues of a bunch of stuff. And he's like, hey, they have all the graphic novels right here. And I started going through all the graphic novels and they had like everything I was like, I had a stack similar to your Punisher stuff of single issues. And I put three quarters of it back because I still didn't have everything. But then I got 20 graphic novels and it had everything plus what I was looking for. You see, I saw the graphic novels too, and I still grabbed 124 issues. He did. This this man right here came in with a, a paper list, and old school. And I could hear the tears of joy coming down his cheek when he was getting it. Like we were off doing our own thing. I was looking for stuff for X Men storylines, and I found a couple Batman storylines, and I was trying to finish the Silver Surfer one to finish the Return of Thanos storyline. And this is even pre podcast. I wasn't even there yet when we were doing that. And this homeboy here, I came back, and he had like the the Empire <laughs> State Building height of Punisher comics, and he goes, I-, "I don't know what to do here." Yeah, the the owner of the place actually gave me a box, too. It was like, here you go. You need this. He really felt bad for you because there was a bunch of us with us. There was like five of us there, and I don't think all of us wanted to hold some of your Punisher books. I know. The owner was fantastic. I had hurt my knee at that time, and I was limping <laughs> like a hunchback and, of Notre Dame, and uh, he even offered to carry my, my uh, box out to the car. And if I recall correctly, the Punisher books were on the bottom shelves yeah of that, his stuff that so that so yeah bad trying to bend over to get underneath there it was but like a troll trying to crawl into a cave i, I think that's part of the coolest part about collecting new storylines too it's the hunt yeah it is see that's that's a big thing for me right i'd rather find all those issues but it's still the, the graphic but it's still the hunt though if you find it right then and there in the graphic novel for me it's like it's all right here i'm good like i like i Books one, two, and three of the graphic novels, instead of getting 50 issues, and they only have 25 of them, if they have all three graphic novels, I feel happy. And I was happy that day because a lot of the things I was looking for was right there. Right. And that's part of the hunt, too, because as as comic collectors, you don't know where it is. It's not like you can go, that place I know will have that stuff, unless you've been there before. Right. And unless you know their inventory... And know when they change it, you're not going to know. Well, see, that's why, what was it, a, a few weeks ago I went to that other place and went in and it was it was a heck of a lot bigger than what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And there was like, they had probably 35 issues that I needed. And uh, there was still even some Punisher magazines that after I, I had seen later and I was like, dang, I got to go back and get those. I have to go back because they're still calling to me. See, there you go. And, and I, I think that's one of the, the coolest parts about comic collecting. As an old school comic collector like us and the, the new ones coming into it, because I've talked to people that have only been in the comics for a few years. And looking back, it's like, wow, that was me in 1985, but I was like, yay big. And it's like, it, it, I kind of get re-excited because they're like, well, how do you do this? And what do you do that? And like my cousin, he got into it really late. And he was asking me all sorts of questions. Like how? What do you mean like this? Like, uh, what is a Mark Jeweler issue? How come there's a difference between this and that, this and that? And it was fun for me explaining all that because he literally didn't know and he was so new in the comics that, like, he didn't know. And he gets a lot of, like, uh, Spider-Man storylines. Like, he has all the Venom and the Carnage stuff. Like, Maximum Carnage. That was a huge 
just internal to Spider-Man thing. Right. That was huge back in the day. Like it was, I think it was like 19 parts, that one. But then the Clone Saga, that took a little bit longer and everything. And he had, all, they had all the different Spider-Man characters and everything. So even if you were just a Spider-Man fan, you still got some storylines. Yeah, I've got a few Spider-Man uh, things. Like even if you were like an Avengers fan, you were good because the Avengers all had their own lines. So like you got everything and then one of my favorite things is the annual storylines like the 1991 storyline or 1991 annuals 1992 annuals they all covered the same thing so like if you weren't getting every title you had to go and get all the annuals right. to get everything yeah and with the punisher there was a lot of annuals because of all the different runs that they had they every one of them had a different annual so there was uh, quite a few of those that came out they don't do that anymore i've noticed that no. they they don't do the annuals anymore because they just reboot the title they just reboot the line and like there's no you know first first volume of uncanny went 544 issues uh the first volumes of fantastic four avengers iron man captain america they all kind of stopped when onslaught came in and i'll get to onslaught Eventually, like that ended volume one of all of those books. And it was the catalyst for the reboot, which they did a volume two, which was its own storyline, which I'll get to that too, Heroes Reborn, where they were all in their own little realm. And it was like its own en encompassed storyline. And Jim Lee was one of those artists. Jim Lee's Fantastic Four was amazing. I, so that... Yeah, Fantastic Four. So uh, we're already, we've already talked about our episode. This is the episodes. We're, we're already through what we wanted to cover today. It, it was hardly any time at all. And I remember trying to almost twist your arm to get to do this too. Only a little. Only a little. So, and uh, I'll briefly talk about next week. Next week is going to start something. Like I mentioned, The Watchmen. Okay, now... There's been a couple of different things that led up to the Watchmen being in the DC Universe, because they weren't. And it starts with Rebirth, just after Flashpoint, going into Rebirth. So there's going to be a re there was a Rebirth graphic novel that it was just called Rebirth. And then we're going to go into the button, because something happened at the end of Rebirth that turned into a Flash and Batman event. And then after that came the 12-parter Doomsday Club which kind of brought everything together. So that's going to be the focus of the next bunch of episodes. It'll probably take two episodes each one, because I like to be as thorough as possible. So join us next week. Maybe not Big J. Maybe I can talk him into it. I don't know yet. He'd have to read it as well to be able to talk about it. So join me next week as we start the topic of uh, Watchmen in the DC Universe with Reaper. So until, until next time, thank you, Big J, for coming along. Yeah, so join me next week. So until then, thanks for listening.